Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's cracking, my dude? You already know, it's a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat basketball fan. Absolutely. The Bearcats just closed out their second win of the season. A 32-point victory over the formidable Alabama A&M squad. High expectations coming into this game for the fan base, Hummer, because despite winning this game by 32 points, there's a lot of takeaways, and I think most of them are a little concerning. The biggest of which... Yeah, tell me what's concerning. What, what is concerning the Twitter sphere of UC basketball this evening? Well, if, we're not going to start on play. We're going to start on the fact that the reigning American Athletic Conference Player of the Year, Jaron Cumberland, was not starting for the Bearcats and was not playing for the Bearcats tonight. And we decided to wait to record this therapy session... And that's what we're going to call these. These are post-game therapy sessions when needed. Are we going to recap every single game? Absolutely not. Did I expect to be upstairs on the third floor recording a reaction <laughs> to the Alabama A&M game? I did not. Yet here we are. Jaron Cumberland was benched, and it was a coach's decision. That was the reason given by John Brandon in his post-game comments with Dan Horde and Kevin Johnson on 700 WLW Hummer can we just can we just point out that the only thing we got they 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 tell us they're benching him before the game starts that he's wearing street clothes he's not warming up and they say coach Brandon will address this in his post game presser and this is all we get and i quote coach's decision that's why he did not play <laughs> to me though that was it. we don't i don't think you need anything else all I don't. That, I do not think we need anything else. That tells us that is the confirmation that it's not an injury. This is not a foot problem. This is not a conditioning problem. This extends beyond that. And to me, when a coach decides to bench their best player from a game, I know this game was well in hand. There was no risk to John Brandon benching Jaron Cumberland. We were not going to lose to Alabama A&M tonight. But you are sending a message to that player that the effort and buy-in is not good enough. All, all preseason, John Brandon's talking about the deep end. And I need Keith Williams. I need Trey Scott. I need Jaron Cumberland in the deep end for this team to go where we want it to go. It seems like we've got Keith. It definitely seems like we have Trey. Jaron's not on board yet. And that's what John Brandon's telling us by with this coach's decision. He's telling us Jaron Cumberland is not bringing it the way he needs to bring it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. You totally hit it right there. We have confirmation this is not an injury. It's an attitude problem. It's a buy-in problem with Jaron Cumberland. Coach was definitely trying to make an example of him saying, hey, look, we if you're not going to give us what we want, we're not going to play. We don't, need, we don't need you in that sense. We need you to be a teammate. We need you to come here and hustle. We need you to set an example. And it's really a shame that Cumberland doesn't want to do that. And, you know, maybe that's a you know, don't want to blame the predecessor, but if, if Cronin was letting him get away with this, with that superstar mentality, you know, I'm glad actually to see Brandon's not going to be putting up with that because going forward, if you're, when this really starts to click, you know, we may not be, I don't think we're seeing that right now. We're seeing it come together slowly, 
but we're not seeing it click 100%. And when it does, though, and we have guys that are in this program buying in 100%, I think we're going to see something really special. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the decision if that's what he has to do. Right. I don't think you and I and no other fan out there who's, who's not living in the trenches with, with Brandon and the team, we don't actually know what the coaches, like what's driving the coach's decision. But what I do know is as a new coach, you're trying to set the tone with a new roster, both incoming players and the returning roster, and you're trying to create this new culture of accountability. Well, if the best player is not buying into that, the best player who's going to be setting the tone for the entire team, you're, you're left with no choice. Now, I also want to make sure that it, to note here that Brandon as the head of this team, as the coach who's actually paid to coach this team, he needs to figure it out. He needs to find a way to get Jaron bought in and get him back on, get him back on the court. You know, I, obviously when we heard the news that Jaron Cumberland was going to be benched for this game, you start poking around. You just start seeing what, what people know. If anybody knows anything, have you heard anything? Is it, is it the lingering quote unquote foot injury? Well, let's just say we do, we, you know, a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, you start hearing things and our suspicions were confirmed before the game, which was, this isn't a foot in- injury issue. This isn't an injury issue at all. It's a buy-in issue. And coaches setting, setting the tone for the team, setting the tone for Jaron. There needs to be more accountability moving forward. And um, look, his, his conditioning was lacking to start the season. We mentioned that he hasn't brought the same energy level to the first two games that we came to expect from Jaron Cumberland. In the, in the last season where he won player of the year. And John Brandon's making it, making it loud and clear. It's going to have to, he's going to have to bring it far more than he has so far. Yeah. I think one of the issues too, we might be seeing, and you know, this is purely speculation on my part, but maybe Jaron Cumberland is just not happy right now, not being the center of the show. He's been the center of the show essentially for, you know, all of last season. He started becoming it towards the end of the, I want to say he was the, the, in the uh, the 2017-18 season, but because he was sharing a spotlight with some some really pretty big stars there, with Jacob Evans and um, and uh, Gary Clark, the problem Gary Clark. But now the last two se- last season he was the stud, he was the star, he's the superstar. Now he's expecting to be that. Brandon's saying no, that's not the case. This is a team, and we're going to be playing a different style of ball. And look at look at the box score tonight. And just go through the starters and look at the point distribution. Look at the point distribution over the last three games. Guys on all all across the board are, sco- are scoring. That's good to see. We're not going to be relying on one player to take this team over. And you're right; it's 100% buying. I do think though this is this is Brandon's like almost like final step. Like, hey, this is all I have left. Either you're going to buy in, or you're just not going to play. Because right. if you're not buying in, it's the same as not playing. So he's here pulling, it is. He's pulling that card early in the season. It's the third game of the season. It wasn't a game that was critical to have him. It's not the time to panic by any means. The season is not lost. I expect yeah, no. that Jaron Cumberland's going to bounce back stronger than ever. But it's a it's a message sender, 100%. Hummer, we're treating these as therapy sessions post game, and we're going to try something new where. We're going to give the forum, the podcast, we're going to use the podcast as a forum for listeners, some of our audience, to get some things off their chest after watching these games. So what I'm going to do is welcome Andrew and James to the podcast. Uh, Let's go ahead and try and get them on now. We're now welcoming Andrew and James to the Cincy Slang and Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining tonight. How are you feeling after tonight's game? 
feeling great, man. Yeah, big win. Big win. Huge win against college basketball behemoth Alabama A&M. Uh, you guys have any strong reactions? We were just finishing up talking about Jaron Cumberland and his benching for what was called a coach's decision by John Brannon. What say you about this? Uh, yeah, for me, this one was a, uh, I'm going to show him I'm in charge and it's a, uh, you know, it's a game we can sacrifice him. If this was Ohio state or Xavier, Jaron Cumberland's playing in this game. Yeah. And also to come in there as well. I mean, uh, I kind of feel like, uh, Mick Cronin wouldn't have taken that authority over Cumberland, you know, last year, Cumberland was his point scorer. And uh, he let him kind of run things from what I've uh, come to understand. So it's nice to see Brennan come in, kind of lay down the law and say, this is not how you're going to act. I see. So you like you like the idea of Brennan bringing some accountability to Jaron Cumberland, not necessarily being able to uh, kind of come in and out of practice as he pleases in terms of effort level. Uh, hopefully just kind of reigniting a fire to get him, get him completely bought into the program going forward. Uh, yeah, in my opinion, I mean, you, you obviously you need Cumberland to win. Like he's, you need him in the long run. So this is the type of thing, you know, do you, you know, do you check him now instead of trying to check him later? Like figure out if this works, if this doesn't work, we have to figure out a new route because you need him in the long run. Brandon knows that. Knows that. Check so. him now. There's no way you can't check him now. You cannot wait until conference season, conference play starts to check him. You, you have to do it now. And honestly, I, I do think that he would have done this. If Xavier was today's game, he was doing it today. If Ohio State was this game, I think he was doing it today. I hope you're wrong about I, that. I disagree. I completely <laughs> disagree. Yeah, this was the perfect time. They were playing a weak team. If they were playing Xavier and Cumberland in play, then <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. I'm only saying it's doing it, Dale, because it's the third game in the season. Xavier isn't necessarily the third game in the season. That's that's four or five games down the road. That's too far to be doing this stuff. you got to be doing it now, beginning of the season. It just so happens that the third game of the season is against Alabama (laughs) A&M. I mean, maybe the stars just aligned for this, but... I, I don't know. I, th- I think it worked out well for Coach Brennan. The the play was pretty sloppy tonight. Are, is there a player in these first three games that, that's standing out to you that you guys are personally taking a liking to uh, so far this season? Um, I didn't catch as much of tonight's game, but I obviously like Chris McNeil's energy. You know, he uh, the last game especially, not necessarily against Ohio State, but last game, you know, he was, you know, he's attacking in transition getting to the hole and uh, finishing, which is nice to see. And then obviously, you know, Javin, Javin, whatever his name is, you know, his, his stroke is, uh, is yeah, something to watch. So that'll be, uh, I think that'll be a positive going down, getting him more looks and uh, him knocking them down. And just generally the style of play has been more fun to watch. The more offensive style of play that we haven't really seen, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about Trey Scott? Yeah, get to the point um, here. What about Trey Scott? Hummer, I'll let you go in on this then, buddy. <laughs> I won't. Um, Trey well, Scott. Let's, let's just know. go through his stat lines. If we're comparing tonight McNeil to Trey Scott, uh, we'll go 7 for 10 and 0 for 5. You tell me which player did what. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah not, not the best showing for McNeil tonight from an offensive standpoint. Um, Trey Scott definitely, I think, brought it a little bit more tonight. But 
Well, Coomer's had some good thoughts on McNeil. Yeah, boys, I, I appreciate you guys calling in. We're going to try and uh, get some more folks on the line here if we can. But appreciate the support of the Bearcats and the podcast. Thanks, as always. Gentlemen, thank you. Absolutely. Love you thank guys. You. Go, yeah, go Cats. Appreciate James and Andrew joining us for our therapy session here post-Alabama A&M. However, it does seem as though they were not extremely tuned into the game tonight. Sounds like they may have been enjoying an evening out here on Thirsty Thursday as Chris McNeil did struggle tonight. And Hummer, the the expression I'm going to use with what we've seen with Chris McNeil is regression to the mean. Preseason, we had plenty of concern about what his shot-making ability was. If you looked at his numbers at Western Kentucky or New Mexico, he was not a reliable three-point shooter. And and our, we really our first... had conflicting messages, though. That's the thing. We right. had conflicting messages coming into the season. Well, we had, hang on. on one hand... We had we had we didn't have messaging from two different places. We had a message that Chris McNeil is dominating practice, and we had statistics that said he was not a good three point shooter. And well, that's the conflicting messages there: statistics versus what people are saying. Best practice player, you know, it's just his practice play is not necessarily transitioning into real play. Um, as for being a strong finisher tonight, he actually did not finish a single shot tonight, uh, but. You know, he does bring energy. I got to give him credit for that. He does bring a level of intensity to the to the court. So he does have some intangibles. And as we've heard Brandon say, not only in his, his radio show last night, but he said it again tonight, scoring is not necessarily what's going to keep you on the court. It's defense. It's intensity. It's that it's that level of tenacity. I've heard Brandon use that word over and over and over again. So that seems something that's very important to him. And I'm thinking that's what McNeil is bringing to the squad that Brandon likes. And that's why he keeps throwing him out there. Uh, so from a, from a struggling perspective, yeah, he might be struggling off, offensively. We might be regressing to the mean, but this Pat, this particular game was actually probably below his mean. No, I, I agree with you. And McNeil is more of a, much more of a positive to this team than negative at this point. Absolutely. I love the defensive energy. I love the intangibles. He's going to be a consistent leader throughout the season. You want guys who are bringing it every single day in practice. I just think what we need to do from a fan base perspective is it's going to allow everybody to pump the brakes on what the offensive expectations are for McNeil. What we don't see is him getting into the lane and setting up others. He is able to get in the lane and usually get the ball up in the rim and finish for himself. That didn't happen tonight. But long-term, McNeil's going to be a more, more of a positive than a negative for this team. Um, it's just that the three-point shot is not falling. I will say this. We're playing a starting lineup right now that features Keith Williams, Chris Vogt, and Chris McNeil. That's three players who do not have a reliable three-point jump shot. And if you throw Trey Scott in there, that's four. Jaron Cumberland would normally be in the starting lineup. He's going to be a knockdown shooter. McNeil and Keith Williams both, when the offense is moving and the ball is rotating and the ball swings to them and they have an open three-point look, they have to be willing to cut it loose. They're not great three-point shooters, but they are guys who can knock down the shot and the only way the offense is going to succeed is by taking shots that are high percentage and, and in rhythm. And when you don't take the sh- open shot and you drive into a packed lane, that's where the turnovers come. That's where the offensive fouls come. And that's what I would like to see cleaned up long term. Because it did seem like we, that McNeil and Williams both were, were just bleeding confidence on the offensive end tonight. 
Yeah, and Chris Vote. I mean, uh, the difference we've seen. Granted, once again, keeping keeping the uh, the who the opponent was in uh, you know in our in our eyesight here, Alabama A and M. Chris Vote looked good tonight. He he had a good mixture of being able to play the low post, but also having some kickout passes. Uh, I, I was really really impressed with his play, and he's kind of been a guy. If you look over the last three games, each game he's gotten better. Uh, as as we're seeing him, so I think that's that's nice to see. Um, another nice thing to see, and this is going to be just completely way out there, super hot take. Uh, I'm happy to see that we got closer to 45 full seconds of uh, robbing the bank. You know, it wasn't just 30 <laughs> seconds. We actually made it to 45. So hopefully, we can increase these leads early and get these guys in there more. Need to see some. Need to see some of these victory cigars score some points here. Yeah, John Brandon <laughs> was definitely a little riled up tonight. He left the starters in. Actually, I saw Javen, Chris McNeil, Chris Vote. They were all in the game late. I mean, up until about the final, like you said, 45 seconds of the game. He clearly wants to see things cleaned up. The turnovers. He's right. Without it. You know, he mentioned in the comments that this is not a team we played today that presses. They're not an overly athletic team. They were playing zone most of the game. Uh, you just can't turn over the ball at the rate we did against a defense like that. And he did, to Brandon's credit, take the blame for some of this, saying that the zone offense apparently has not been installed at this point. A little surprising. Uh, you know, we're three games yeah, into the that- season. I don't want to, you know, you probably should have some level of zone offense installed at this point. That just that's a surprising comment. Um, it actually makes a lot of sense now that if you're going back and looking at some of the other games, like Ohio State when they switched their defense up in the second half and we just seem to have zero answer for it. Um, someone else made a comment, if you're looking at Brandon's post-game show last night, about the inbounding plays and noticing that we're, we're not defending the, the throw-in. We're, we're playing basically five-on-four. He mentioned that he has total of three inbound play inbound uh, defensive strategy that they use yet we've only seen one which which he also said we haven't implemented the other two yet so I get it they've only had 30 or some odd practices but you would think that a zone offense would be something that's high on your list of priorities to install considering the fact that now everybody who plays us knows that they're just going to switch to a zone defense <laughs> right and some of those problems are going to naturally go away when Jaron's back in the lineup all in all I do want to make sure Cincinnati fans realize this was a game played without Jaron Cumberland. Yes, the opponent is a weak one. However, we still won by 32 points. We got lots of great experience out there from Micah Adams-Woods, who I love the potential I'm seeing out of him. His feel as a point guard is much greater, in my opinion, than what Chris McNeil's is. He's clearly not as polished yet, but he's going to get there quickly. And uh, we're also seeing uh, Jeremiah Davenport epitomizes what Bearcat fans have come to know and love as the, the energy and attitude that we expect out of our teams. He epitomizes that as a player and is already contributing. And you can see him in a, in a, a consistent role already. And he was the freshman who I came in, who came into this program with, in my opinion, the least expectations. It's a great development. He's long, he's rangy, he defends well, he's smart, communicates, positivity on the court. And, uh, and lastly, Zach Harvey got some good minutes. And I think Zach Harvey offensively looks a bit overwhelmed right now. But the talent's there. Defensively, he's giving tons of effort. He's long, he's rangy, he's already impacting things on that side of the ball. And as you've mentioned, 
That's what Brandon wants to see first and foremost. And so if Zach Harvey, Micah Adams-Woods, and Jeremiah Davenport are doing the right things on that end, they're going to continue to grow offensively, and our team's going to be much better for it. You know, something else, too, that I don't want to overlook. Uh, I'm just kind of looking through my notes of the post-game comments here. Uh, Brandon's, Brandon said that their job, his job right now is to get, and this is a quote from him, get you to do what you don't want to do. And I think there's a lot, you can see that in a lot of these players because it's a new system, something new that they're learning. Harvey, I think, is also one of those members. I do think that comment may have been directly or indirectly, I should say, directed at at OG Cumberland. Uh, but I think, I think it applies across the board to a lot of the players that they're doing something that they haven't done before. And I think Harvey is a big example of that. So as he gets more comfortable doing these things that he doesn't want to necessarily do, you're going to see him improve greatly throughout the season. And like Brandon said, as long as he keeps bringing the defensive intensity, he's going to keep getting more minutes. And then with more minutes, the offense is going to come. Absolutely. And so. yeah, the, <laughs> that comment was a verbal subtweet at Jaron Cumberland. <laughs> Jaron's very indirectly, yeah, very a, indirect dig. <laughs> it's it's an unexpected, interesting wrinkle to the season. I didn't necessarily expect Jaron to be thrilled to be losing the coach that recruited him to UC. Obviously, Mick Cronin was a huge reason that Jaron would have would have come to this school. And so losing him has got to be tough. I'm sure it's caused conflicting feelings. I'm sure there's lots of disappointment for not getting the feedback from NBA scouts that maybe he expected. And so coming back to Cincinnati might have not been the ideal outcome for Jaron Cumberland. But I think his attitude on the bench looked good tonight. He was still up and clapping for his teammates. He was still engaged in huddles. He's going to bounce back from this. Did you see his chain tonight? (laughs) He was rocking. He was rocking some sick bling, man. He had that like diamond or probably, I don't know if it's real or not, but whatever it is, the bling of the, with the UC, the old school UC, Paul, I think was that thing was sharp. Funny. That just shows you our difference in personalities because I didn't notice the chain. I did <laughs> notice the, just the T-shirt. I was like, oh, that T-shirt's nice. It's got the big C paw, and I think there's uh, something right below it. I have no fashion. I have no style, but I did. I like the T-shirt. <laughs> it, but, it, it was probably the, the, the jewelry you actually saw in the shirt. You probably weren't actually seeing the shirt, and you're just like, oh, that's, that's cool. <laughs> that thing's shiny. Probably so. <laughs> well, Humber, we've got, I think now, Eight days, maybe seven. We're playing tonight, and the next game's not until uh, next Friday. We're going to be out in uh, St. Thomas. Is that right? Well, who's going to be in St. Thomas? One of us will be in St. Thomas. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you heard that right, guys. Uh, I totally planned this, 100% planned. Um, (laughs) No, actually, this is pure coincidence. Saw that I'm going to be out in St. Thomas, uh, St. Thomas the Cats. Uh, so you will actually be getting a live podcast from St. Thomas, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as we play our second round game and possibly, more than likely, the Monday championship game. Hopefully we do not need a therapy session after those. No, but I want to make sure people know therapy sessions, therapy doesn't have to have this negative connotation to it. Let's be forward yeah, it thinking. It could be good. It's about to yeah. be 2020. Mental health is important. Therapy sessions are just when we want to come on and talk Bearcats after a game, when you have passionate feelings. And in my opinion, when the reigning AAC Player of the Year is suspended for a game, it might be appropriate time to have a therapy session. 
I still feel yeah. great about where the Bearcats are. I love the style of play John Brandon's bringing to the team. These are all normal growing pains. I'm glad we're having them against teams like Alabama A&M, and I'm excited about what we what we have coming down the pike. Jaron Cumberland is going to be back stronger than ever, and once he once this team locks in for what John Brandon is doing offensively, the sky is the limit, and I mean that. We just saw yeah. Ohio State get they defeated Villanova by 30 points. Villanova was a preseason top 10 team. Ken Palm have, has them as a top 15 team. You can't be over the moon about how he performed at Ohio State. The shooting percentages were rough. We didn't have a zone offense installed. But we defended the hell out of a team that just crushed a prolific college basketball program. There's nothing to worry about here. Stay the course. Enjoy the Bearcats. Enjoy the development. Enjoy the growing pains that this team of both both returning and new players are going through. Embrace the journey. Guys, it could be worse. It could be worse. Just ask people in Lexington. <laughs> so sure. that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to comment on that for now. Shout you know, out we to don't, Evansville. Yeah, shout out to Evansville. Shout out to, uh, to our boy Scotty. I uh, know he's been getting a lot of treatment over there at the uh, the University of Evansville. So, yeah. <laughs> shout out to Walter McCartney. I love it. I love watching uh, the University of Kentucky lose basketball games. Hummer, it's been great talking to you about the Cincinnati basketball team. I'm excited. I feel good. I feel I feel better after this. You feel better after ch- talking yeah. to me? Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great day to be a Bearcat, baby. Yeah, yeah, I feel more relaxed. We just got we got official recruits in today. We had three new signees today. Uh, one of them has a five five and a half inch uh, plus five and a half inch wingspan. I mean, he's a five eleven guy, gonna be playing as a six four. He's good. Hummer, great point. Welcome to the Cincinnati basketball program. Officially, Mike Saunders Jr., Gabe Madsen, and Mason Madsen. Congratulations on your scholarships to the University of Cincinnati. We look forward to watching you play basketball here next season. Hummer, anything maybe else? Maybe we have one more. Maybe we maybe we have room for one more. He said it with what I pictured was a sly smile on his face. He said, we could always add one more. You never know. <laughs> Bearcat fans, I'll leave you at that. Let's cross our fingers and hope John Brandon's got something up his sleeve. Hummer, I'm out of here. Peace. Cheers.